Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. I thought I told you that we won't stop. I thought I told you that we won't stop. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Episode 103 of the House of L podcast. I'm Lauren Holmes. House of L was not really set up to be a sports podcast per se. Although if you go back and look, like there's a lot of, I did a lot of Bears post game on on House of L early on, and I might do that again, but I've got the Loho Daily podcast to do some of that stuff. But the cool thing about having House of L is having the ability to lend it out to people who want to experiment with things. And this is a continuation of what happened on yesterday's podcast. You didn't go listen to episode 102. You need to go back and listen to it because Rick Camp is still getting all of his stuff ready so that he can launch officially basketball camp. But until then, considering that there's all sorts of bulls breaking news, I was like, yo, man, you can come be on my podcast. Like I said, it's a tiny business, but it's still a business. We have an operating budget, so I'm paying him for this content because this content is great. You listen to this content, and then maybe you will stick around and go listen to the episode with Paula Ferris or Stephen Bardo. Or you'll go back and listen to the episode with Chris Ranji or Joe Cowley. So I really thank Rick for providing this and realizing that maybe if I want to, I can use it a little bit more for sports when there's stuff that I want to spend some more time on or or whatever. Anyway, the Bulls made a hire. They hire Arturis Karnaschovitz. And I'm excited about the hire, but this isn't about me. This is about Rick Camp and his breakdown of this hire and then what happens after that. This is a great first step for the Bulls, but then what do they do? So, without further ado, I give you Rick Camp's basketball camp, the Arturis Karnaschovas edition. Basketball Camp Bulls Edition with Rick Camp, Boom Shakalaka. Welcome to episode, eh, we'll call it 0.2 of the Basketball Camp Podcast, Basketball Camp Bulls Edition once again today, because as you've heard by now, the Chicago Bulls 
have hired their executive VP of basketball operations, Arturis Karnaschovas from the Denver Nuggets. We're going to get into a lot on this episode. And before I go any further, once again, I want to thank Lawrence Holmes for, in the podcast sense, letting me sleep on the couch while I'm looking for my next place. I guess that's kind of a good way of putting it. But I promise you, this is going to be the last episode on House of L, and it's not due to lack of appreciation for Lawrence giving me the space. I'll have something set up for the next episode, which we'll call the real episode one of Basketball Camp. Like yesterday, there's a lot of audio I want to get through today. But before we get to it, I once again want to reiterate just how huge of a move this is for the Bulls. Not only... Have they finally moved on from John Paxson and Gar Foreman as the main decision makers in the organization? They went outside of the organization to do it. And I think going outside the Bulls family, which is something that in a lot of worlds and a lot of job spaces, you would appreciate that you have people at the high ends that are very loyal to their people. But obviously with this Bulls team and a lot of, you know, sports teams, And a lot of businesses, quite frankly, it just isn't the most business savvy thing to do. So the fact that Michael Reinsdorf spearheading this search was able to hire the man that's going to form the Bulls front office from the outside is really, really huge. Before I waste any more time, I want to get to the first cut of audio because I want to let you learn a little bit more about Arturis Karnaschovas. We went over a good amount of it yesterday, a little bit about him. But once again, the Bulls Talk podcast recorded today after the news and Bulls beat writer for NBC Sports Chicago, Casey Johnson, went over some of the things he's learned about Karnaschovas. Every conversation I've had about him, these three themes have uh, jumped out. He's a very inclusive uh, person. Like he seeks collaboration and input from a wide variety of people. Uh, He grew up in the Houston Rockets franchise. Daryl Morey is big on that concept as is uh, Tim Connolly in Denver so he's kind of known that with his other front office structures um, which is why I'm excited to see who he brings with him because I think there's potential to really modernize this Bulls front office which quite frankly has lagged behind today's modern NBA for for some time now and the other two things that jump out consistently with literally every conversation I've had about him is are his international relationships and connections I mean he knows basically everybody seemingly in the basketball world he could walk into any gym in any country and feel comfortable and that extends beyond the Lithuanian aspect I mean he ran basketball without borders for the NBA so he can go into a gym in Africa and you know get a shout out from somebody I mean he just seems like he's somebody who's very comfortable in his own skin and then um, the last thing that I think is important about him is his organizational detail. Uh, Tim Conley is very known around the NBA for being a really frenetic presence, a very energetic and kind of, I don't want to say chaotic because that sounds negative and it's not. I mean, he's just a very fly by the seat of his pants, bounce things off the wall kind of thing. And it's been successful. I'm not being critical. He's an incredible executive. My point is Arturis was kind of the stoic behind the scenes organizer. And Tim Conley has said this on the record. So I mean, I think the fact that you have somebody who's detail-oriented and an organizer, especially if he surrounds himself with the right people, uh, could bode well for the Bulls moving forward. Let's go over those three things that Casey mentioned. Being inclusive, that's something that seems fairly foreign to the Bulls organization who've been very insular throughout their time. 
the fact that it's not just one or two people making decisions, that this is really going to be a collaborative effort. I think that's something that's really interesting and also puts more importance on the hires to come from Arturis Karnaschovas in terms of what type of group he puts around him to bounce his ideas off of and to also help make ideas for how the team can improve themselves. The second thing was international relations. There were a couple camps that were put out there by KC that I want to explain a little more just how important they are. Basketball Without Borders, I think it's starting to get a little more recognition with more players from Africa having success in the NBA. Most people think immediately of a guy like Joel Embiid or a guy like Pascal Siakam. But that is your prime opportunity to see some of the best young talent in Africa. So the fact that Arturis Karnaschovas has that experience running that event and has the respect of the people at that event and the coaches, players, parents that are going to be there that is a huge deal in terms of international scouting. Same with Adidas Nations. It's the same principle, but more widespread, that you get to see some of the best talents and he'll get probably a lot of the better info because he is so respected worldwide. And then especially considering how he has to set the structure of the organization, the organizational detail cannot be understated thinking of every little aspect and who has what part of what job and what profile of person you want to fill that job is going to be critical in these upcoming months. Another thing when thinking of setting the structure is another piece of audio. Now, this was Chris Mannix, National NBA reporter for Sports Illustrated. He was on Dan Bernstein's show today on 670 The Score, and he mentioned what the national view is of the Bulls. And keep in mind, while you're listening to this, the three things that were mentioned that are strengths of Arturis Karnaschovas from the Casey Johnson cut we just played. Well, they matter, and I don't think they're in a terrible position right now. I mean, they do have quality young players on that roster. They're not, you know, the laughing stock that the Knicks have become or Sacramento-esque in some of the mistakes they've made. They just... You know, they need some refining there, and they certainly need to build out that front office in the image of some of the more modern front offices in the NBA. I mean, Arturis is coming from a franchise that has great depth in, in, in what they've done with their front office, from Tim Conley at the top, uh, Arturis there is the GM. They've got some really quality guys uh, right below him. So I think that's going to be a priority and should be a priority for our tourists and the Bulls going forward to build out that type of depth. Because if you look across the league, the teams that have had the most success, they're generally teams that have that kind of structure. I mean, the San Antonio Spurs in recent years have been raided, but you know, during their dynasty years, they had one of the deepest front offices in the NBA. You know, Justin Zanuck interviewed for this Bulls job. They had an incredible, they have an incredibly deep front office in Utah. So I think to change the perception of the Bulls, one of the first things you do is to establish a really professional organization. And I think that requires you to go out, have not just one hire, but probably five or six level hires uh, that, that really make you look like a modern NBA franchise. I mentioned all the hires that Karnaschovas is going to have to make over these next few months, and you heard it there from Mannix. Five or six hires that will also help define the Bulls organization and help try and repair the reputation of it as they move into this new era. Five or six, and we'll get to a lot of what those hires might have to be in terms of 
a little bit later, but I don't want to get to that right now. And when you think of refining and using the term becoming a modern organization, things that Manic said, those are a couple things when you look into the background of Arturis Karnaschovas that he should specialize in that make him such a good fit for the Bulls. Now, another voice that was on 670 The Score today, for those keeping score at home, it's Thursday, it's like 4.30 in the afternoon central time. Daryl Morey, the GM of the Houston Rockets, now outside of just being another basketball mind, you're like, well, why do you care what Daryl Morey has to say? Well, he was the first guy to hire Arturis Karnaschovas out of the league office. So he gave him his first opportunity on the team side. And he, there's a couple things that he said I, that I think are of note. And the first one is when you think about being modern and the current style of the NBA is just the skill level that there is now. Not maybe as much brute force as you would think, although there's still quite a bit of, of that as well, but especially in bigs and all five guys on the floor. I, take a listen to what Maury said that Karnaschovas really has valued for a long time. One thing I can tell you that he was on well before even myself is just how the league was going to evolve into being more of a skill game where one I used to actually somewhat like one-dimensional guys, like guys who could like gather all the rebounds like Rodman did for that, you know, those famous Bulls teams. And uh, Arturis was way ahead of the game saying, no, look, it's going to transition. All five positions are going to have to be skilled. And a lot of that comes from his background in Lithuania where – you know, their academy cha- trains basketball players better than any place in the world, you could argue. They they get them at a young age. They work on basketball skill at a young age. And he was uh, always on that trend, and it's just going to keep going. Listen to that. Someone who's involved with the Bulls that's on the cutting edge of basically anything. The last time you can even remotely say that was when Tom Thibodeau was the coach. And the Bulls were icing their pick and rolls and playing their overloading the strong side of the defense. That's really the last time the Bulls were really ahead of the curve on much of anything. So to hear that from as far back as it's been, it shows what Karnaschovas values in players. So if you start to try and think of what type of guys the Bulls may be trying to bring in, there's a clue for you. And also just the fact that he's always kind of thinking about what's next. And that's something that, especially with the flux that the NBA is in right now, it seems like we're kind of hitting the back end of the Warriors dynasty going into just trying to see what the NBA is going to be. How is the game going to change a little bit next? Maybe that's something the Bulls could, for once, be at least closer to the front edge of. All right, this other cut from Daryl Morey, he was on with Danny Parkins and Dan McNeil. And this is something that I think is crucial for the Bulls especially considering how this past year has been handled. And I'll explain after you hear from Daryl Morey on the balance between analytics and the eye test. I think he's almost like the perfect combo you might want. Obviously, that's something where, you know, that expertise got me in the league. So that's always going to be something that, uh, you know, maybe differentiates myself. Obviously, Arturis, that's not his lead thing. But I can tell you that what he will do and what he did do for us is he understands it, he knows who to hire, he knows when to use it, when not to use it. Uh, he's very thoughtful about it. Um, and I think over his time uh, with us and then with Denver, who is also a very advanced team, really run well by, by Tim there, um, you know, he's able to take that information, 
contextualize it and then make great decisions with it. And I think that's that's where you'll see his strength. Putting analytics in context. That is exactly what I think we need a more of in terms of just basketball discussion. In some of the inner parts of NBA Twitter, you get a good amount of that. But boy, when you just hear person after person just say, well, the analytics, I think that's a little bit tone deaf. But you also saw it in terms of what the Bulls did last. Well, I'll call it last year because I'm assuming the Bulls are done playing games this season. There's no way they're going to actually finish off the regular season. That's neither here. That's for another time. I don't want to get, get into that right now because that's a whole other podcast. But when you look at what the Bulls did, especially offensively, Jim Boylan would justify what the Bulls were doing offensively. And honestly, so would Gar and Pax by saying, well, look at the shot chart. Look at our shot profile. Because, of course, the analytics in the NBA favor three-pointers, layups, and free throws. And yes, the Bulls were taking a lot of three-pointers. But the thing is that they were struggling with immensely was how they were getting those three-pointers. Lowry Markinen mentioned a ton of times how he just doesn't want to be just a spot-up shooter. He's one of those few seven-footers that can actually work a little bit off the ball. When you think of guys more like a Kyle Korver or guys like a CJ McCollum that a lot of times can come off screens, that's one of the skills that Markinen has where he can still shoot at a decent percentage while on the move. That's something that is different for him that is an advantage that Jim Boylan just never really used very much, which is incredibly frustrating for Markinen in terms of getting into a rhythm and also for us as observers of the team. So not just saying, well, the numbers say take threes, so let's take a lot of threes. Okay, everybody just stand around the perimeter and watch Zach Levine do stuff. No, it's putting it all into context of, okay, who on the roster can do this? Is a good three-point shooter? Is maybe a good catch-and-shoot guy? Who's better off the move? Who are your guys that need to be more creators that you're creating the space so that they can get their shots at the rim, have more space to get to the rim, get fouled, or keep defenses honest by hitting a few mid-range jumpers. I'm not 100% against the mid-range jumper. I think most of your rules that you hear for three-point shooting, getting to the rim, that mostly applies to your role players. Your stars are your stars, and you have to let them be stars. Try and push them a little bit towards taking more efficient shots, but if you see some guys out there like, Kawhi Leonard's always going to get his in the mid-range. Jimmy Butler does that a good amount as well. Those are examples of guys that you just have to let them take their mid-range shots. The goal of everybody else is to be efficient while being around the stars. That sometimes is a big point that I think gets lost in translation when you're thinking about analytics. And Zach Levine, while he's not a number one on a championship winning team or a conference title round team or maybe even a second round of the playoff team, maybe on the first round playoff team in this bad Eastern conference, maybe, but he's a guy that I think has done a good job of maintaining a decent amount of his efficiency while optimizing his shot chart a little bit more where he's getting his shots, how efficient he is in taking them. He's gotten a little bit better at that. And I got to give him credit for that, but it should be something where he has a little more wiggle room and really just whoever your star is should have that opportunity. So before we go any further, you got to think about what's next for the Bulls. Now that Karnaschovas is in the fold, he's your grand poobah of basketball operations. Now that you have that, what's next? And one of the developments that really hit today was 
noticing. And Mark Spears of the Undefeated wrote a column basically saying there's a lot of people around the NBA, especially assistant GMs, people in front offices that are people of color that were very frustrated that the names that got out there of the who the Bulls interviewed were all white. And some retreads that have questionable pasts, especially when it comes to issues with race. So Vincent Goodwill was on with Dan Bernstein on 670 The Score, and he brought up something that, while in an uncomfortable conversation, I think actually is a good sign for the Bulls moving forward. We have to completely understand that they've seen the optics, not the optics of the past couple of days, but the optics of the past couple of decades when they have not gotten the big free agents, when you have not been able to get in a room with a guy of consequence who matters and you're able to lure him because you don't have someone in the room that he can relate to. And I think when you're building a front office, is is, is like pieces to a puzzle. When you have Karnaschovas, who by everything that I've heard fits the mold, at least a profile of like a Krause or a Paxson in the way of being heavily in the scouting, heavily in the player development, heavily into those type of ideals, but being a little more uh, pub, not necessarily publicly uh, inclined to be out there. So then if those are the pieces to the puzzle that you have, then you also have to recognize, okay, those are my strengths. My weaknesses are I need to have someone next to me who's a little bit more public, who's a little more charismatic, who fills in some of the blanks that I don't have, and not necessarily, oh, that's got to be a black guy. But I think from a profile standpoint and the importance of diversity from an organizational standpoint and from Carter Schultz's standpoint, realizing that I need someone like that next to me. That's Vince Goodwill from Yahoo Sports, national NBA writer, really good dude, spent a good amount of time on the Bulls beat as well. Now, I do want to say this before we get any further into this, because there was something I think that was decently positive that came out of that for the Bulls, out of what Vince said. I do not believe at all that Jerry or Michael Reinsdorf are racist. I think they did a very poor job in going about this search in terms of getting the most diverse set of candidates to maybe get the most ideas out of this search. I don't think anybody will deny that at this point. And Vince has reported that the Bulls GM hire, so the number two guy in command behind Karnaschovas, is going to be a person of color. And what Vince said in there that I think is a good sign for the Bulls compared where they've been, and mind you, this is a really, really low bar, is they understand the optics of how bad this looked. I do kind of hope that they were planning on, okay, if Karnaschovas is the guy, we want this profile of guy to be the number two in command anyway, and that it just so happens it's someone of color instead of specifically saying we're going to go out and get someone of color. While that's not always necessarily a, a poor thing to do, I think what Vince brought up in terms of personality, that someone that is more front forward, front facing, I always want to say front forward, I don't know, probably works either way, but whatever. Someone that is more front facing makes sense to balance out Karnaschovas for our purposes, for, as Vince mentioned, going on radio shows, being able to describe what the plan is to the fan base, being able to have that public perception of this is who the Bulls organization is. Optics matter for the Bulls right now in changing their image, in changing the profile of what this team and organization is perceived as. Optics matter at the moment for the Chicago Bulls. So realizing this and making sure that it gets out there, that this is something that they want to do, I think is a good sign for the Bulls. Like I said, really, really low bar. 
but it is something that I think isn't necessarily a bad thing. So who are some of these names? You're probably wondering guys that fit the profile of a number three guy in command, maybe some other number two guys with a lesser title that could be options for the bulls. The first guy you might think of is Calvin Booth. Who's the guy that was under Connor Chauvis in Denver. All signs would point to that. He's just going to slide over the one chair and take Connor Chauvis spot as GM. So it sure seems like he's going to be staying in Denver. A name that we've heard a lot around the beginning of this search, but maybe fits best in this role, not as your number one guy, but as a number two guy, someone that hasn't necessarily had the amount of experience in the front office, but is a real smart mind. When you think about analytics, he's a guy that runs a lot of the analytics and some player development stuff in Miami is Shane Battier. Everybody remembers him from his career in the NBA, as well as at Duke. So he's someone that could make a lot of sense, and it was reported that the Bulls really like the Miami organization. So that could also be a way for them to get some of that Miami flair into what they're doing right now. Very vocally, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavericks, has been pining for Michael Finley. Remember Michael Finley, local dude, also played a lot of his career in Dallas. He's the VP of Basketball Ops in Dallas, and he'd be another guy that would give you a former player. He would give you Chicago ties which I don't think is necessarily a 100% prerequisite for someone this high in the organization. It probably doesn't hurt somewhere throughout it, but having X players in the front office, I don't think can hurt you very much. And Michael Finley is a good example of that. And there's a couple others on my list as well. Now, a guy just up the road, Milt Newton, he's one that I don't know if he would be available. He's the assistant GM in Milwaukee. But remember how yesterday I said sometimes these titles are a little bit fluid. Assistant GM in Milwaukee is the number two guy in charge. So would he be allowed to leave, even though it's a better title, still the same place on the depth chart within the organization? I don't know. But he's done a good job with how Milwaukee has optimized their roster around Mike Budenholzer and what he wants to do, the very defined systems that he runs. And really, that front office has done a great job of optimizing what Mike Budenholzer does to make the Bucks into an Eastern Conference powerhouse. In Detroit, Malik Rose, everybody remembers Malik Rose from the Spurs teams. He's the assistant GM in Detroit. He's made the rounds. He spent time in a couple other organizations well thought of. He's also done some media stuff. I believe he's been on Sirius XM, NBA radio, NBA TV. He's done a little bit of work in the past. A guy that is very well thought of throughout the NBA community. And when you think of someone, especially in terms of the front-facing aspects of the gig, that is someone that could 100% fill those shoes. And the last name on my list, maybe he's on my list partially just because he's also a guy that I loved as a player. Sharif Abdul-Rahim is the president of the G League, and I think he could be a fascinating hire because what percent of NBA players are going through the G League, at least at some point right now? It's a good amount. So to have him having had eyes on all those players that were in the G League, he has the organizational structure clearly for his role that he had with the G League, especially with all the transition that it's been going through lately. I really think that's a name that may be a little bit under the radar that people should keep an eye on for the number two spot here in the Bulls organization. A name that's familiar to Bulls fans that reportedly has interviewed for some spot within the Bulls front office structure is Nazi Muhammad. Nazi obviously played for the Bulls. After retiring, Nazi Muhammad got involved in the Oklahoma City organization, which should be of note because another thing Vince Goodwill mentioned on the score today 
was that the Bulls consulted Sam Presti a decent amount when considering what the front office structure premise should look like. So the fact that someone from his organization could be considered would make a whole lot of sense. And I also should note that it was reported that Troy Weaver, the number two guy to Sam Presti, was requested to interview for a job in the Bulls organization, but the Thunder denied that request. So, okay, remember before Chris Mannix mentioned five to six good hires that the Bulls are going to need to really set this organization up moving forward to be able to turn everything around. I want to go over some of those different areas. I think I mentioned them pretty quick yesterday. I don't know. All the days blend together at this point with just being at home. I'm on day seven. I know people listening have been at home for a lot longer than that, but I'm only on day seven. I don't know how you guys have maintained your sanity to this point, but I'm pretty sure I mentioned yesterday the areas of the organization the Bulls need to improve. It's really all of them, but (laughs) on the basketball side. But let's specifically go over a little bit of it. Obviously, in terms of scouting, Karnaschovas can really get hands-on with that. You heard in the cut earlier about from Daryl Morey about the types of players that he likes. Multifaceted skills. You don't have as many guys that just do one thing really well. When you start thinking of players on the Nuggets roster, that does make a whole lot of sense. You have a guy like Jamal Murray that can shoot. He can play make a little bit, even though he's still improving at that. Obviously, Nikola Jokic is a prime example of that and probably a big reason why even when he was so raw as a player, the Nuggets took him in the 40s of the of the draft, but even with the body type that he has, because he's so skilled as a passer, decent enough as a rebounder, has a pretty good offensive game that he's only refined since then. So getting a defined type of what Arturis Karnaschovas wants in a player will really help that scouting department and especially having someone who's like-minded in there as well. On the analytics side, you heard it before, adding context. It's not just, here's some numbers. It's, okay, here's what the numbers say. How can we apply that to what this team is doing and to the vision that the Bulls organization has? I think that's something that's been lacking, and I know Casey has mentioned that the Bulls are working towards and have been working towards for a little bit, expanding the amount of people and the amount of computers that are working in the Bulls analytics department but furthering that out and making sure that this is a full-fledged modern NBA front office is something that's absolutely needed to be able to maybe catch some things that aren't there for the naked eye and then be able to translate it into wins on the court. Player development is such a huge one. If you think about Bulls draft picks, who's really the last Bulls draft pick that has developed? It kind of takes a while to think about because it's been way too long. Really, there's nowhere to go but up in terms of player development. So I trust, considering Karnaschovas' background, that he's going to bring in some people that will have a solid idea and a a basic set of skills and core values that they're looking for in terms of player development and then be able to come up with individual game plans for each player to help them improve moving forward. And the last one's the training staff, which doesn't get spoken about as much. I think partially because some of the players the Bulls have brought in are guys that can be considered injury prone. So it just kind of gets thrown away on that. But when you think about over the last five years, the Bulls have missed the sixth most games to injury in the NBA. That's something that has to be looked at in this offseason. As long as as long as you're doing all this, as long as you're restructuring the front office, go to the training staff as well, because I think it's something that needed to be looked at 
for a real long time. The last thing, and probably more on the front side of everybody else's mind, is the coach. Now, it's been expressed that Jim Boylan feels okay about his standing moving forward, which really I guess he kind of has to say at this point, because you don't want to come out with a brand new guy in charge that you apparently haven't had any opportunity to speak to yet and say, yeah, well, I'm probably out the door, because then you're going to be out the door. But just to be safe, I'll say it one more time for everybody. I know Joe Cowley put the poll out, and at the time that I voted on it, it was 97% of people want no part of Jim Boylan back next year, even as a look for the start of the season. Do not bring Jim Boylan back. He's had enough time to prove what he wants to do, and it just hasn't worked. He's alienated players. You can see out there the effort level is there from time to time, but the frustration that the players have with Jim Boylan is absolutely palpable on most occasions. We're not even getting into the point of the odd timeouts or the running out of timeouts or forgetting that Lowry Markinen exists sometimes. I don't even care near as much about the odd things he says before and after games. As long as you're a good coach, if you say weird things, I can deal with it. But he just hasn't proven any of that. But by the way, did you know he coached under Rudy Tomjanovich and Greg Popovich? Yeah. Now, there is one name that has been put out there as someone that would be a logical thought that Karnaschovas could be interested in, and that's Adrian Griffin. Now, if the name rings a bell, it's because he was an assistant coach for the Bulls for five years. He also played for the Bulls for one year of his career. He's kind of made the coaching rounds a little bit. He's on the bench in Toronto right now, another successful organization that you could get a piece of. And he was also college teammates with Karnaschovas at Seton Hall. That could indicate a trust level that would make him more likely to be brought in. And Chris Mannix, once again, on with Dan Bernstein today, it's Thursday, by the way, gave his thought about the likelihood of Adrian Griffin as a coaching candidate for the Bulls. It's a good name. And, you know, Griff has been widely regarded as one of the best assistant coaches in basketball over the last few years. Um, The last couple of years I've written sort of that assistant coach power rankings type of piece uh, for SI. And it, it, he's always been at or near uh, the top of the list. He's got a, you know, a great coaching skill set that he's very good with young players, works closely with them in his various stops. But the coaches I talk to about him think that he has, you know, kind of that demeanor. And that's just as important when you're coming in as a head coach. Do you have the demeanor to be able to manage not just your roster, but the personalities that go with your roster. So that's another That's another really good name, and obviously the connection to Arturis makes it an even stronger likelihood. Okay, so assuming Jim Boylan is out as coach, Adrian Griffin is probably, if Vegas were putting lines on it, and let's be honest, they're looking for anything to put lines on at this point, Adrian Griffin, you would think, would be the favorite to be the next Bulls head coach, at least at this point in time. Maybe as we get more hirings throughout the front office, we'll get a better idea of the couple organizations that really have a lot of influence and maybe you would see the Bulls pick and choose from there. One thing to also remember, the G League's an interesting place because there's been a good amount of coaches recently that have had success from there. Nick Nurse came from the G League up to the staff in Toronto. Taylor Jenkins in Memphis. People still don't know his name, even though the Grizzlies have had a pretty good year, and they're going to be in the playoffs, assuming there are playoffs. Mike Miller, not that one, not the player, Mike Miller took over the Knicks job, and he's actually done a pretty solid job considering he has a roster full of power forwards. So the G League is a place where maybe you can get someone that's not the biggest name in the world, 
A lot of people listening to this may freak out if he ends up being the name because it's someone we just don't know about, but that is another route you can go. Sorry, let's take the deep breath. The Bulls have a new head of basketball operations. So obviously keep a close eye on what's happening, but at least for the time being, while we're all stuck at home, while there's enough bad things going on in the world, take solace that if nothing else, the Bulls are doing something positive. Even if it doesn't end up working out, the fact that they're finally willing to make the change is a positive move. Arturis Karnaschovas is a name that, from Jump Street, even as far back as the middle of the 18-19 season, I was thinking about as a possible candidate if the Bulls were to make a move. So the fact that he is the guy, no matter how they got there, how maybe sloppy the process ended up being at certain points, I think it's a good move for the Bulls, and I'm excited? It's weird to say excited about the Bulls, and yet, for the moment, I'm here. I'm going to remain skeptical until we get more information on what's going to happen with this team. But for the moment, allow yourself a little bit of excitement with what's going on with the Bulls. Thank you all again for listening. Thank you again to Lawrence for giving me the platform yet again, especially after this hiring got made official. It's some of the biggest Bulls news easily since the Rose era, maybe even before that. So thank you all. Once again, follow me on Twitter at Rick C. Camp. If you have questions on the Bulls or the NBA, because remember, this is not just a Bulls podcast. I want this to, there'll be some episodes that are Bulls, hence you hearing Tim Kitzrow, the voice of NBA Jam, saying it's basketball camp Bulls edition, because there's just going to be some basketball camp episodes that are more NBA, because there's so much cool stuff going on around the association outside of the Bulls. Email the podcast, basketballcamppod at gmail.com. Keep an eye on my Twitter once again at Rick C. Camp for where the podcast will be, when you can subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff. I'll be bothering you soon enough about getting all that done for me for the podcast. Thank you again for listening. This is Basketball Camp. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.